Hi, welcome to season three of the Pictures Out There podcast series. This is chat number 20. Today, Lee and Dave talk about spirituality, the universe, and creation. How big or small are we humans? Schrodinger, Sagan, Einstein, Vonnegut, and more are all part of their chat today. And now, here's Dave and Lee. Well, thank you, Candy, for that kind introduction. I am Lee. And this is Dave. Well, hi, Dave. We'd like to welcome our present-day audience to this podcast, our audience in years, decades, centuries from now. Our AI audience, we know you're listening with your little algorithms. We love you. Yeah. Our future alien audience and our universal audience. We're glad to have all of you listening and thank you for joining us. For those of you who are repeat listeners and for those of you who are newcomers, we ask that you reflect on the following two questions as we go through our podcast conversation today. Those questions are, what are your ideals And what are your pictures? You know, Lee, when I was growing up in particular, I just loved buffets. I mean, I loved when my family would occasionally go to a restaurant and you'd walk in and I'd say, well, what do they have here? Well, it's all you can eat. It's a buffet. Yeah. And my eyes would get so big. Oh, man. It was just like everything. Yeah. So I can have whatever I want of any of this and have as much as I can eat. Yes. (laughs) I love that. And, you know, even to this day, I don't frequent those places very often, but I certainly enjoy the nostalgia of that appeal. Yes. And so spirituality. Kind of like a buffet, perhaps. Is it a buffet? Yeah. Is that how we should think of it? Is that how it should be? Can our spirituality be a buffet of amazing choices to pick from? Those choices could be meditative, reflective, and introspective options with our own individual spiritual self. Mm -hmm. Ah, but there's more. They could also be meditative and reflective options to interact and connect with the natural world and the cosmos. Or they could be ideals and ethical considerations on how to live our best spiritual life and our best physical life as well, Mm. done in a limitless Buffet, variety of forms. Yes. Or it could be exploring our spirituality through elements of established formal religions and belief systems. Mm -hmm. Well, we would say yes to to all all of that. It's a wonderful spiritual buffet. It is. It is. It's not something where it's like you just have to eat broccoli. (laughs) Right. Or no, there's all this food laid out. There's all these options, but it's got to be Brussels sprouts. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it can be any of these things. So that's how we feel about it. Yeah, I love it. So here is a thought for our collective reflection and some consideration today with spiritual and physical consequences for how we think about our lives. How small are we by ourselves? Hmm. Consider that for a moment. How big we are when we see our connections to other life and to the rest of creation. Hmm. How big we are when we view ourselves as a part of all creation and the cosmos. Ah, how small and how big. Well, we believe that these two things are actually very complementary. 
and to understand at the same time, at the same time, how small we are if we only view ourselves as isolated individual beings, forms of life, but then how big we are if we see ourselves as a small part of one ginormous creation that is evolving and growing. We think these are complementary, and it's wonderful when we can think of these at the same time. So we're going to do that. How small we are by ourselves. Think about these numbers. There are about 8 billion humans. Really? Think about that. 8 billion. Are we feeling small Small yet? Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are about 2 million to 50 million species. Really? Are we feeling small Small yet? yet? The total number of individual animals on the earth may range from 20 quintillion to 20... How do you say it? I don't even know. Decillion? 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 Really think about it. Man, feeling so small right now. And the point of all of these numbers is we We are are small. small. And yet... And yet? How big we are when we believe in our very connections to all other life forms and to all other elements of this one single creation. Some things to think about. Okay. How long will the sun shine? Hmm. Well, Earth is approximately four and a half billion years old. There's archaeological evidence to indicate that. If our sun is also four and a half billion years old, how much longer will it shine? Well, stars like our sun burn for about 9 or 10 billion years. So our sun may be about halfway through its life. Don't worry. It still has about 5 billion years to go. So you're going to be able to complete your Starbucks reward program. (laughs) When those 5 billion years are up, the sun will become what astrophysicists call a red giant. That means the sun will get bigger and cooler at the same time. When that happens... It will be a very different sun from the one we know today. As a red giant, our sun will become about 2,000 times brighter than it is now. What an enormous and incredible solar system we live in. Absolutely. And these numbers are virtually incomprehensible. Yeah, they're beyond our comprehension. And it's both the numbers showing how small we are and the numbers showing how old things are or how big things are. Mm -hmm. Well, let's, let's. have even some more crazy, crazy numbers here. What about the universe, the cosmos? How big are we? We'll say that. We'll call ourselves the whole universe and cosmos. We. The universe is somewhere between 13 billion light years and now there's some speculation, 94 billion light years in size. We aren't exactly sure. I love that. Yeah. I love that. You know, science keeps learning, right? Right. It never stops. We're still learning. We really think, uh, we need to really think about 13 to 94 billion light years in size. Really incomprehensible. It is. For us as humans. How enormous are we when we see ourselves as a part of that magnificence? Hmm. There are, here's another one, 200 billion trillion stars in the universe. And that doesn't even include the Kardashians. (laughs) Really, really think about that. How ginormous are we? Mm. 200 billion trillion. When we see ourselves as a part, as a part of this magnificence, there are 
another one, two trillion galaxies in the universe. And we are a part of this creation. We believe that we are one or can be one with this creation, whether we consciously choose to recognize that connection or not. We believe it's a physical and spiritual fact. We, Lee and Dave, believe that, yeah. that we are part, part of of it all. Yeah, whether yeah. we're conscious of it or not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So how big we are when we see ourselves as a part of this singular creation, this one creation. But are we really that connected to the universe? And how can we make that feel real to us? As we've been stating, these are incomprehensible figures. The size and magnitude and scope is beyond our understanding. Well, Erwin Schrodinger was a Nobel Prize winning Austrian and naturalized Irish physicist who developed fundamental results in quantum theory. He also had a famous cat you may have heard of. (laughs) Schrodinger's cat, as many of you know. He said the total number of minds in the universe, are you ready, is one. Whoa. One. In fact, consciousness is a singularity phasing within all beings. One? One mind. There's one mind in this incomprehensibly huge universe? Yeah. And this guy seems to be... Kind Pretty of a smart, smart guy, smart guy. Nobel Prize winner. <laughs> He's given it some thought and consideration. Yeah. So we, we thought it would be good to share all of this and put us in the zone here. Okay. Yeah. That zone of reflection about big and small. And we came across a really thought-provoking article on the universe, creation, and humanity from writer Maria Popova that she wrote about Carl Sagan, another favorite of ours. This article is called Carl Sagan on Mystery, Why Common Sense Blinds Us to the Universe and How to Live with the Unknown. Maria begins, NASA astrophysicist and exoplanet researcher Natalie Batala said something that stopped me up short. As sentient beings endowed with awareness, we are, quote, the universe itself becoming aware. Echoing poet Diane Ackerman's lovely notion of, quote, the plain everythingness of everything in cahoots with the everythingness of everything else, Dr. Batala added, it took 13.7 billion years for the atoms to come together to create the portal to the universe, which is my physical self. So in that statement is this idea or the fluidity of time and space. And I kind of see it all at once. And I don't know what me is. I just feel part of everything. And I feel such deep gratitude for being able to take this conscious look at the universe as myself being part of the universe. Wow. So Maria Popova, the writer, continues... The sentiment reminded me of a beautiful interview Carl Sagan gave shortly after the premiere of his documentary Cosmos, which was later included in Conversations with Carl Sagan. In late August of 1980, Jonathan Cott visited Sagan's home in Los Angeles to interview him for the magazine Rolling Stone. In the conversation that followed, Sagan stepped into his native nexus of the scientific and the poetic to contemplate our understanding of the universe and of ourselves, the nature of reality and of our human knowledge, and 
How to Live with the Unknown. In that interview with the Rolling Stone writer, Sagan says, It's a critical moment in the history of the world. We are the representatives of the cosmos. We are an example of what hydrogen atoms can do, given 15 billion years of cosmic evolution. And we resonate to these questions. We start with the origin of every human being, and then the origin of our community, our nation, the human species, who our ancestors were, and then the riddle of the origin of life. And the questions, where did the earth and solar system come from, and where did the galaxies come from? Well, every one of these questions is deep and significant. They are the subject of folklore, mythology, superstition, and religion in every human culture. But for the first time, we're on the verge of answering many of them. I don't mean to suggest we have final answers. We are bathing in mystery and confusion on many subjects, and I think that will always be our destiny. The universe will always be much richer than our ability to understand it. Maria Popova continues with her writing, To be sure, understanding the whole of the universe seems like too grandiose an aspiration when we are continually struggling to understand the tiny subset of the universe that is ourselves. Now, with an eye to another landmark triumph of self-reflection made possible by scientific progress, the iconic Earthrise photograph taken by the astronauts of Apollo 8 in 1968. Sagan considers the immense and paradoxical gift of cosmic perspective and said, you saw Earth for the first time as a tiny blue ball floating in space. You realize that there were other similar worlds far away of different size, different color, and constitution. You got the idea that our planet was just one in a multitude. I think there are two apparently contradictory and still very powerful benefits of that cosmic perspective. The sense of our planet as one in a vast number, and the sense of our planet as a place whose destiny depends upon us. Hmm. Okay. Maria Popova says, In this awareness resides a humbling and disquieting reminder of our creaturely limitations. We navigate the world by our common sense perception. But that perception has blinded us to reality again and again. We have mistaken our sensorial intuitions for facts of the universe. For millennia, we held wrong beliefs about the Earth's shape, about its motion and its position, because it feels flat and static when we're standing on it beneath our feet and seems central to the order of the cosmos. We have mistrusted processes and phenomena beyond the boundaries of what we can touch and feel with our limited senses. From evolution, which unfolds on scales of time too vast to be visible within a human lifetime, to quantum mechanics, which operate on subatomic scales imperceptible and almost inconceivable to a human observer. Long before Sagan equipped us with an antidote to the, quote, common pitfalls of common sense, in his timeless baloney detection kit for critical thinking. <laughs> in the interview, Sagan then tells the interviewer, common sense works fine for the universe we're used to, for time scales of decades, for a space between a tenth of a millimeter and a few thousand kilometers, and for speeds much less than the speed of light. 
Once we leave those domains of human experience, there's no reason to expect the laws of nature to continue to obey our expectations, since our expectations are dependent on a limited set of experiences. We have to be very careful not to impose our hopes and desires on the cosmos, but instead, in the scientific tradition and with the most open mind possible, see what the cosmos is saying to us. Astrology, for instance, is like racism or sexism. You have 12 little pigeonholes, and as soon as you type someone as a member of that particular group, as long as someone is an Aquarius, Virgo, or Scorpio, you know his characteristics. It saves you the effort of getting to know him individually. Wow. (laughs) Sagan continues, human knowledge is a set of successive approximations. There are all sorts of things that we've gotten wrong. All sorts of mind-boggling things that we can't even glimpse that will be the established fact in a century or two. So there are two extremes to worry about. One is the extreme in which everything is known and there's nothing left to do. The other is where everything is so complicated you can never begin to do anything. We're lucky to live in a universe where there are all laws of nature and things to discover but they're not impossibly difficult, so we can understand them to some extent. But they're also difficult enough so that we are nowhere near understanding them all. There are exhilarating discoveries yet to be made. It is the best possible world. Mm. Lee, it's fascinating how frequently the people who most often deal with these huge things, the universe, the cosmos, and do that as a part of their life's work, have a very spiritual perspective Mm -hmm. about humanity Mm -hmm. and its relationship with the universe and the cosmos. One of our favorites, Albert Einstein, once said, the soul given to us is moved by the same living spirit that moves the universe. I think Schrodinger would probably go, yeah, it's one. It's one. It's one thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So So I, I think that's fascinating, and I've long been attracted to this idea that the most scientific among us generally land in a spiritual place. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They don't necessarily land in a religious or established religion place, but they look at the buffet. The buffet of spiritual possibilities. And they play all over the place in that buffet. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. Einstein also said, quote, Do not grow old no matter how long you live. Never cease to stand like curious children before the great mystery into which we were born. If some of our listeners, either present or future, are listening to this, particularly those in the present, I guess I would say, and you're now in this reflective zone and you're a visual person, and you would like to go ahead and expand that, and some of you may have already done this, we would encourage uh, particularly our present-day listeners to explore the visual images that are coming from the James Webb Telescope. They are completely breathtaking and amazing. And these are images that our human eyes here on earth cannot see. We can't see them. There there are things we can't see, but they're real and they're there. And we would assure you that looking at those images will change your perspective. Uh, You can go to a guide to the James Webb telescope view of the universe that was in the New York Times magazine 
November 5th, 2023. It's a wonderful example of the breathtaking images coming from the James Webb Telescope. Yeah, absolutely. Or just go to a search box and put in James Webb Telescope, W-E-B-B, and you'll find the images. That'll get you there. Yeah. So we're sure that our audience in the future, including our human and our AI audience, and of course the alien audience, all those audiences that we welcome and greet in our opening, they all have ways to visually understand the utter beauty and magnificence of the cosmos. Then this cosmos that is ever growing and evolving and changing, just as we are. And that's a part of the miracle. The German teacher Eckhart Tolle has a beautiful quote. He said, the universe experiences itself through you for a brief moment called life. I want to read that again. The universe experiences itself through you for a brief moment called life. Are you big? Are you small? Are you infinite? Are we all connected? Are we all infinite? Uh, the wonderful author Kurt Vonnegut um, had a tribe recite a litany as part of a celebration of life in his book, Cat's Cradle, speaking to the place of our human life and our connection to all of creation. Here is the litany. God made mud. God got lonesome. So God said to some of the mud, sit up. See all I've made, said God, the hills, the sea, the sky, the stars. And I was some of the mud that got to sit up and look around. Lucky me, lucky mud. I, mud, sat up and saw what a nice job God had done. Nice going, God. Nobody but you could have done it, God. I certainly couldn't have. I feel very unimportant compared to you. The only way I can feel the least bit important is to think of all the mud that didn't even get to sit up and look around. I got so much, and most mud got so little. Thank you for the honor. Now mud lies down again and goes to sleep. What memories for mud to have. What interesting other kinds of sitting up mud I met. I loved everything I saw. Good night. I will go to heaven now. I can hardly wait. Amen. Would we like to hear from God or from the forces that created all of this, whatever our belief system might be? Well, we can hear from the universe, from creation, literally every second of every day. We have to listen, really, really listen and hear, really see, really feel the connection, and then respond with our ideals and our pictures. Would we like to see God or see the forces that created all of this, whatever our belief system might be? Well, we can see the universe, creation, and the cosmos every second of every day. The question is whether we will just see the very limited lights we've always seen, but also really strive to see the lights and colors of the cosmos that are so real, but that have not been visible to us yet. And will we then respond to all of that light and color with our ideals and our best and most ambitious pictures? With all due respect to Shakespeare and to Hamlet, that is actually the question. So we always like to close with optimism, momentum, and gratitude. 
Here's some questions and thoughts. Our connection and curiosity are tickets to the universe, our ticket to the whole of creation. Yes, they are. To facilitate using that ticket, that special ticket for the ride of our lives, we can resolve our past, be fully present, imagine our future, understand our personal power, understand our connection to the universe, the cosmos, and creation, believe that we are truly immortal in all sorts of ways, and live our ideals toward our pictures. And hey, creation and the cosmos, they aren't through with any Any of of us us yet. yet. No. We close by having you reflect on the following. So sit up straight, mud. What are your ideals? What are your pictures? What are your actions to take before you go to sleep again, mud? What is your influence to use? Take care. Thanks for joining us today. As always, feel free to explore more about Pictures Out There at picturesoutthere.com and major social media sites. We hope you have the day of your dreams, the day of your pictures.